So welcome. Thank you so much for coming along for the session today. As I said earlier, uh, poor Sarah O'Leary um, normally opens this, but she's unfortunately got very sick with the flu. Um, so those people who haven't got their videos on, Fiona, I know you messaged me, but Steve and Esper, if possible, if you're able to put your video on, please. So the power of listening. Hello, Kevin. Welcome. Um, the power of deep listening. And how does this relate to safety leaders, safety professionals? Um, so today's going to be a bit of experimenting um, and a bit of finding out what it actually feels like to be deeply listened to. And I'm uh, an executive coach and have been so for the last 21 years. And I've found that so many people can't do this very well. And I've also found that I find it hard to do in my personal life. When I'm not in the role of executive coach, I find it really hard. So came across this lovely podcast uh, by Tara Brack. Um, and she actually was talking about some of these statistics about how we listen. So I want to share some of those with you first. I'm going to model what deep listening looks like and Lee Harold is because um, he was on first I was able to prime him to be my interviewee uh, to show you what deep listening actually looks like and then you're going to have a practice of it the ones that have got audio I'm going to be putting you into breakout rooms so you can immediately apply what deep listening looks like and practice that as well as experience that. So I have a few slides, I would like, not many, that I would like to share to start with. So welcome those people coming along, coming in. Uh, please put your videos on when you um, finally connect. So how do we listen? Sorry, went too quickly. Did you know that most of us have an eight-second attention span? And we're only 1% better than a goldfish, which is pretty sad, isn't it, when you think of it? Yeah. So eight-second attention span. That's not very long at all before we tune out. 85% of what we learn is from listening. 75% of the time we are distracted or preoccupied. And one hour after listening, we probably recall about 20% of what we've heard. So the average person only listens at 25% efficiency. So as you know, we went to school, we learned to read, we learned to write, but we actually didn't really learn to listen other than sit up straight and listen. Probably, I know I was told that. So what we're going to do today is experiment with what can you do to actually listen better for people? Because, and what people normally do is we listen to respond. We listen to what we agree with or what we don't agree with. And so how do you withhold judgment for what someone is saying so they get the space to get it out. And that takes skill. So I'm going to covering what, what do we actually mean by deep listening? Yeah. You're going to see it in action. Then you're going to have a practice of it. And then we're going to look at, well, what are you going to do next, you know, in terms of being a better listener? Because listening actually determines how well you interact with people and how you form relationships with people. And if I gather many of you are safety professionals, a lot of your work is about influencing people to follow guidelines, follow approaches that, you know, you want to be, to be safe. But there's a way to do that. You want to invite them in to how you influence them. And it happens through listening. So in terms of who I am, sorry, um, just quickly, some of you know me already, so I'll go through it pretty quick. 
I've been coaching since and mentoring since 2001. Prior to that, I was in HR and prior to that, I was a high school teacher. Uh, I've trained over 8,800 leaders and mentors to use a coaching approach. Um, so ask, not tell. And uh, Lee has been a lucky recipient of that um, workshop. I've, I've coached individually leaders uh, around 2,800 hours of coaching I've got. I'm passionate about the think solution focus, and I'm going to give you a taste of what it is also in this conversation. I work in construction, infrastructure, and education sectors. And outside of work, I love ocean swimming and I mentor others in terms of ocean swimming in this organization called Can2. And I live in Sydney and I uh, have two daughters and a lovely husband. So, could you please put in the chat the scale of one to 10? 10 being you are brilliant at listening and people tell you this all the time. Um, and this today is just a refresher for you. Or the other end of the scale is one is you need to go to the remedial class on listening because you're not very good at it at all. Where on that scale of one to 10 would you place yourself today? Just put it in the chat. Number would you put in the chat that where you are in your capability around listening? Lee's got five, Steve's got four to five, Stephen. Um, hello, Louise, nice to see you here. Louise has got three, Daryl's got four. Fabulous. So I'm curious, what is it that you're doing that's working for you already? What's one thing that gets you that high on the scale that you're not a one or a zero? It's one thing that's working for you on your listening. Please put that in the chat. One thing you're doing that's working. Oh, Simon, a one. Okay, you're on the scale. That's wonderful. Uh, retention, Daryl, gets you up there. Louise, interest in the conversation. Lee says, try to focus on the person. Okay. So I'm curious to what helps you listen well? What are the things that you do that helps you listen well? What's one thing that you do that helps you listen well? When you get it right and maybe even a little bit higher on the scale, uh, what helps you listen well? And happy for you to unmute. Please, I'd love to have a conversation with you. Margaret says the topic. Thank you. What else? Conversing with someone who isn't a brick wall. <laughs> Lovely. You're interested, yep. Concentrate on the person's words, Lee says. Interest in the person. Not being talked to. That's a really good one, Daryl. Because often we tune out when people talk at us, not with us, yeah? So let's have a look then um, at some of the things that we can actually do. Let me go to this. So there's generally four levels of listening. One is cosmetic. And we actually, all of us, do all those levels of listening. And I don't know about you, but when I'm multitasking, I'm in cosmetic listening. Yep, so I'm doing, I'm, I'm multi-focusing. I've got a, quite a few things going on at the one time. Um, and generally, no, we know when we're in cosmetic listening is because we actually say, can you repeat that? Or we go, we give a response that's not applicable to what they've just said. Yeah. Um, my husband does this on the lounge when he's got the remote in his hand and flicking through station and I'm trying to talk to him. He's cosmetic listening at that time. Conversational listening is when we're social interacting or catching up with someone from work and we haven't got into the actual meeting part of it. Yeah, and conversational is about 50-50 people are actually 
you know, you'll say something that trigger a thought for me or you'll say something and then that'll trigger me going, that happened to me too, and then I've hijacked the conversation. Active listening is where we actually show it on our face that we're interested in what they're saying. So we've got the gentler encouragers, the uh, ahas, um, you know, the that we're showing the facial gestures that we're really keen for them to keep talking. So active, generally the other person would be talking more of the time. So if you think when you're in your role, when you're interacting with others around what they're doing around safety, you probably want to be in active listening. You want, probably want to be hearing for what's working already for what they're doing. And generally, we say when we're in active listening, we're probably listening 75% of the time and letting the other person talk. Uh, and we're asking questions 25% of the time or clarifying. In deep listening, that percentage can be 90-10. Yeah? We're 90% of the time the other person's talking and 10% of the time you're asking questions. And you probably experience this when someone's sharing something that's quite vulnerable to them, that's when we want to zip it and really give them the space to talk. Yeah. And if we're talking about one of the hot topics at the moment is psychological safety, that happens, people experience that when they listen too well, very well, and you give them space to actually get whatever they have off their chest or share something vulnerable. And so how you listen is what psychological safety is. So we're going to delve into this deep part. And deep listening is hard to do all day. Yeah, so you go in and out of it. So you actually make a conscious choice when you're in active and deep because otherwise it's too exhausting. And, and I know from being a professional coach, I can't interact with more than, I have more than five coaching sessions in a day. And they're generally an hour, an hour and a half because I get a really bad headache if I try and do that active and deep listening for much longer than that. But I'm very intentional when I go into that, in how I actually listen. So I'm curious, who do you know is the best listener you've ever experienced? Who is that person? Just write their name down. And then I want you to write down, how come they're so good? So for me, I think the best listener I've ever experienced is this wonderful solution-focused practitioner, because I'm in the Global Solution Focus Practitioner Association, and they're full of coaches and consultants. And Haysan uh, runs, is an academic, but she also runs a coaching uh, academy in Toronto, in um, Canada. And I'll share with you what is it she does that makes her so good. But I'm curious, the person that you selected, what is it? that they do that makes them the best listener you've ever had. Welcome, Robert. I didn't see you come in earlier. Um, and welcome, Stephen. I didn't say hi to you either. So in the chat, what is it that these people that you've identified who does it well, what is it exactly they do? Just put one quality they have and put it in the chat in terms of the ones that are, are deep listeners. Simon, that's a classic. Your mum, Louise. They make eye contact, Lee. She has to. Okay. Stephen said they're able to reuse what they hear to explore further. Yes. Yes. So they... Use your words. And um, what I do when I'm training leaders and safety professionals to be coach-like, um, 
it's important to use the person's words and reflect that back to them and not change it into our own words, but use their own, their words. Because there's something that we get real clarity when we hear our own words back at us and we can help resolve it. Margaret said, your CEO repeats what he just told you. And Margaret, what impact does that have when your CEO does that to you, if you can put it in the chat, if you don't want to unmute. What is it that he? he... Um, when he repeats, it just shows that he's interested in what I've got to say. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's basically he, he shows that he's interested in what I've got to say and it makes me feel comfortable. Yes. And it, that he's acknowledged my thoughts and like, yeah, I just can't speak highly enough of him. Yeah. So you you build a bond with him and because he's being incredibly respectful yes. to you. And then later on he'll repeat down the track if you see him, he'll repeat what you told him yeah. if it's something important to you yeah. personally. Yeah. So Which is when comfort that it's comforting. Exactly. And it makes you feel safe to say more. Yes. Yeah? And apparently every five seconds we recalibrate in conversation to whether we can trust people or not. And it's based on how they listen. Yeah, we're tentatively sharing. And if they're listening well, we'll share more and more and more. But if we get the sense that they're distracted or they're multitasking and things, guess what happens? You feel like you start to shut down. Yeah. Yep. Um, thank you, Robert. I'm curious of others, the ones that do it well, what are they actually doing? Please unmute yourself because I'd like this to be interactive. Daryl, do you have any good examples of great listeners? Uh, I used to have a boss when I was a younger guy, when I was in my 20s, who really was looked right in the, in the eye and really, really make you feel, he focused everything on you, like you were the, nothing else that matter, world mattered besides what you were saying. It was really a great thought to have, a really nice feeling to have there. That when you spoke to him, he actually he paid him to do and focused right on you the whole time. It was really nice. Yeah, yeah. And what difference did that make to you? It made you feel comfortable to um, have an honest conversation. That you know, it wasn't just talking for the sake of it, that she'd been being very listened to. Exactly. Thank you. So here is what I observe Hey Sun does. These are the qualities that she shares when I interact with her. She's incredibly respectful of my knowledge, even though she's highly qualified, highly experienced. She is respectful of what I know and brings into the conversation. She acknowledges what I say and builds on that. She's very appreciative of my point of view. She's non-judgmental. So she's, I get no sense she's judging is it right, wrong, good or bad, but she's very open and curious of my take on things. She's incredibly present. So you feel like you're they're the only person there that she's listening to. Yeah, she's not doing anything yet. She makes me feel valued and um, you feel good about yourself. And she shows it on her face. She's listening through her facial gestures and her eye gaze. And she asks permission to add, add in her view. Yeah, and really respectful and tentatively says, you know, like, would you like a suggestion from me or, or can I offer another take on this? And I'll go, yeah, for sure, because I want to hear it. Um, and she'll often say, that's a really great question. So incredibly encouraging. So what I want to do is show you what this looks like in action. And I'm going to do this with Lee because he was the lucky first one on the call. So I managed to prime him that I'm going to do this. So everyone else, can you take a photo of this? 
um, because I'm not going to have the screen up when I do this with um, with Lee, and I want you to have a practice at this uh, after we've I've done it with Lee. So this is going to be the actual activity we do when we go into breakouts. So um, what you might like to do to help it not be distracting, if you go up on the top right-hand corner of your Zoom screen, uh, click the view and put in speaker view. And then you'll only see me or, or Lee when we talk. So it'll be easier to watch. And what I want you to do is watch what I'm doing and the impact it has on Lee in this conversation. Yeah. And so this is the time you can have your screen off. So just um, stop video so you can just see Lee and I in the conversation. Beautiful. Thank you. Um, Kevin, yeah, just put stop your video. Beautiful. Okay, Lee, I'm curious, what, what is a small challenge you have work at the moment? Okay, so um, one of the small challenges uh, I have at the moment is as part of our um, improvement uh, for the organisation is we'd like to put in a skilled trainer for our uh, frontline workers. And uh, the resource for that is uh, quite a significant cost to the business. So it's just trying to, um, yeah, just trying to, I guess, convince the business that it would, it, you know, the uh, actual investment is uh, worthwhile in upskilling the front line. So I'm going to give you three minutes to just reflect on where you're at in terms of that challenge. Um, and I'm not going to say much, okay? I'm just going to really give you time to think it through. Okay. So do you want me to talk about, okay. Yeah, so, so what makes this such a challenge? Okay, so I guess it's been on our um, objectives and targets for about three years and we've been, and uh, so I've been continuously sort of trying to push this forward over that period of time um, on regular um, senior management meetings in, um, in talk about this and uh, where we're at and uh, if we've got any progress. And uh, like I say, unfortunately, I haven't got the full support and the commitment from the senior management. They want to do it and they know that it's important to do but it's just not at this stage is the response that I'm getting. So it, it feels a little bit, I guess, like you're stuck. You know, you, you've got nowhere to turn because <laughs> you've got, you're an advisor. You know, so you've got no, you can influence and persuade so much, but because you haven't got, um, you know, you haven't got access to the resources as such, or you don't have the, that, that same, that sort of uh, expenditure, uh, for that sort of, um, you know, for that improvement, um, mm. it becomes very challenging mm. to, to work with that. So I guess, yeah, you can see the improvements in what they will do for the business and you know that it's going to improve the health and safety of the front line and it's going to improve all aspects of the business, to be honest. So the quality, the efficiencies, um, and there's numerous advantages for it. And uh, but it's just not being able to get the um, final approval from the seniors um, to be able to actually implement this change for um, a positive, um, yeah, culture improvement, I guess, for everybody. Mm. Mm. So what you want is to be heard and to be able to have a conversation of the reason why you want this resource. Yeah, so it's um, it's like you, you uh, because you can see the gaps in our training program that we have now in a certain area of the business. So you can see that the quality of the training probably isn't quite up to scratch and isn't up to the quality that we need. So to get it to that, the level that it needs and it's obviously uh we need a commitment and uh and that um <clears throat> resource 
to be mm. able to rectify the issue. Um, but unfortunately, yeah, at the moment it's just yeah, it's just we've just parked it, and you just we just keep continuously talking about it, and it just stays there. <laughs> and it's like, well, what do we got to do to get there? Yeah. So this must be incredibly frustrating for you that that it, it just been stalled over. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I suppose annoyance is the word I'd use. Yeah, very annoying. Hey. Yeah, very annoying because, like you say, you you know the corrective action to implement, but you can't. You know, you haven't. You haven't got the um, accountability to be able to do it. You know, you can't action mm. that. So mm. you're waiting for others, and it's it's um, it's difficult to try to influence and persuade sometimes organisations when you're, like I say, a health and safety manager and you haven't got the support from other people, from other managers. So you're trying to influence a group of people <laughs> and sometimes it's just you against, you know, the organisation sometimes. So it becomes mm. very challenging in them situations. So what might be a really small step that you might be able to take to help influence it oh look i've done swot analysis i've done risk assessment comparisons i've done a full business case i've done you know return on investment you know i've done Mm. significant tools in the last three years to try to influence and persuade and uh try to get this over line so i've done a lot of work what could i do next um i'm sure I'm, i'm i don't know to be honest, I'm, I'm at a point where I've done a lot and I've talked about it a lot for three years and I don't know what the next steps are that I could take. About, I don't know, apart from me, like say, doing a, a webinar like this to see if something can come of that, I'm, I'm mm. not sure. Mm. And has there been any time in your past that you have been able to influence in getting more resources oh for sure yeah many times many times um so yeah, i've had many successful projects implemented and obviously improved the culture and in, uh, in uh, occupational health and safety for the organization uh, mm. that I've been, um, working in at the time so yeah i've had a lot of wins um but i guess uh, this one's yeah this one's very challenging because obviously of the cost yeah. i think um the business is struggling with right. a significant cost, I think. I think that's what it is, because it's a human okay. resource. So the times when you have influenced it well, is there anything that you did back then that you could try out here? That's where I'm at. I don't know what else I can do. I don't know in this situation because I've tried to leverage off of like the report managers that I have that I report to, to try to empower them to be able to, uh, you know, support in the, um, in the uh, improvement. But unfortunately it's the seniors above them that are stalling um, the project. Well, not stalling, they're just, uh, yeah, stall is the word. They're stalling the, the, uh, yeah. the project. And, and what's the consequence of not moving on this? Oh, I guess where we are now, really, where, um, there's incidents, there's sort of like quality issues, there's obviously operational issues, there's community issues as well, because we work in the community. So it, there's incidents that occur in the community. So there's reputa- business reputation as well. So it's, um, yeah, it's right across the board, really. So it's quite a significant impact, really. So I'm just conscious of time, Lee, which I might bring this conversation to a close but I'm I'm curious around given the impacts that you're seeing who's one person that you can align with to help you get this over the line oh certainly um the operations manager the national operations manager he would be okay somebody that I've got a good relationship with and um yeah he could um certainly influence and he has tried he has tried so far so yeah. i suppose um 
we've been working on this like say for three years and we've been with this particular person probably coming up to one year so i've given him so what might be him. the next small step you might take um yeah just to bring it up i guess in the next meeting i'm like you know and try to reiterate what we can do to move this forward again right. okay just, just try to see what they say when when i try to rephrase it i guess and just say uh -huh. what, what can we do what can yeah. we do to, to to like say go to the next step okay thank you thank you so everyone else come back on please put your videos back on um louisa are you able to rename yourself just put your cursor over your name and just put your first name in front of your surname that would be good um okay what did you notice in this conversation? I ended up having more input that I would normally in this deep listening phase because of it felt like he, I was taking to him a place of being stuck and I didn't want him to be stuck. Yeah, so I, I did add some coaching questions there. But what did you notice in how I listened? And happy for you to unmute yourself. And Louise, I see you're unmuted. What did you notice in how I was deep listening with Lee? Definitely with the, every time that you agreed with something he said or you connected with it, with the, the nod and the eyes opening and the sort of the look of interest. And one thing I also noticed was the more that you did that, the more that Lee actually opened up and talked more easily. Yes, so even on Zoom, you actually can show your listening, even on Zoom, because a lot of people have what we call their poker face on and Zoom, like you're looking at a blank screen. Um, but it's really important you, you actually show it on your face. And there's a lot of research. Thank you for picking that up. Um, there's a lot of research. There was like 10,000 hours of coaching and counseling sessions that were observed of the one the the therapist or the coach that was doing it well they looked at the micro analysis of what was happening in the interaction that was helping people move forward yeah and a lot of it was facial gestures eye contact and those gentle encouragers yeah, so thanks for picking it up. Others, what did you notice happen in this conversation that Louise hasn't already mentioned? Just unmute yourself. Daryl. The less she said, the more Lee said. The, what, say that again? The less you said, the more Lee said. So as he, he went, he went, yeah. Yeah. So I could have gone into, oh, this is what you need to do. Do this, do this, do this, do this, which often is what happens in our inter interactions. People are given unsolicited advice. Yeah, we haven't tapped into what is it they know. Thanks, Margaret. I'll see you later. Um, and we haven't tapped into what they already know. And Lee had success in previous organizations. Um, so I, I brought that in because they weren't on my list of questions, but I felt he's probably, he's an experienced safety professional. I'm sure he's probably been in this situation before. So I wanted to check it out, what worked for him previously. So thank you, Daryl. Kevin, what, what did you notice? Oh, thanks, Robert. Um, am, am I on mic, Annette? You are, Fiona. Did you want to speak? Um, something that I struggled with, I'm a lot better with it now, thank goodness, yes. is allowing silence. Yes. When, when I am speaking, I don't have to speak all the time. I'm allowed to take time to think about what I want to say. And when I am listening, I'm allowed to not respond straight away. And yes. I am allowed to let the speaker have silence. Yes, that is such a good pickup, Fiona. Um, we, I often say when I'm running um, leaders coach programs that um, in the silence, 
that's where the dance of accountability happens. So if you as the safety leader or safety professional allow others to sit in the silence, you keep the accountability with them. As soon as you jump in, you're taking the accountability away from them. So being comfortable in silence actually helps people stay responsible for what is the challenge or anything that comes up. Yeah, if that makes sense. Um, and I just saw someone, oh, Robert, you just said that was a good point. Thank you. So I want you to have a turn. And you took a, a picture of what you need to do there. It's uh, when you're in the pers uh, person asking the questions, and we'll just do it one way round because I'm conscious of, of time. We'll do it one way round. So I'm going to put you in breakouts, um, and I want you to be able to just give them. See, I didn't get to the full three minutes because Lee started to not be able to keep going, so I prompted him in that. So you might say, what else makes this a challenge um, to help them keep going? Try and give them that space to get it out, what the particular challenge is. And then when you get to three, you're going to ask or see if you can state, so what you want, based on what they've told you, what you want is blah. And it doesn't matter if you don't get it right because they'll tell you what it actually is. But have a stab at working out, so what they want is this based on the challenge that they've got. And then allow them to talk for one more minute and then state what emotional feeling did you pick up that was behind the story? So I had a stab at it and said, it sounds like you're really frustrated, yeah? And Lee said, no, it's not that, it's this. That doesn't matter because you're acknowledging the impact it's having on him. So you're empathising with whatever the feeling or emotion is. Make sense? So is there anyone here who hasn't got their, uh, so I think Margaret's taken off, Fiona and Esper, if, your a yeah well Fiona you spoke before so it looks like everyone's going to be able to speak in the breakout so you need to work out who's going to be the listener who's going to be the talker so Lee you might want to be the listener given you just so let me get you in breakouts and I'm going to give you five minutes actually six six minutes to listen deeply showing it on your face nodding using eye contact when they share what their particular challenge is. So here we go, I'll just work out the breakouts. Okay, off you go. And I will give you a one minute check when to come back. So you're only gonna do it one way around. Uh, hopefully you've got those questions uh, there. So there's an, just press the button that says open, oh, sorry that tells you to go into the room. So everyone know what they're doing? Yep, off you go. Oh, hello, Esper. Yeah, we can see you now. Um, so welcome back. I want to hear from the people who were the interviewee difference did it make to be listened to um, in terms of this deep listening? What, what impact did it have? What difference did it make? So just show of hands, who was the interviewee? Not the one, two, oh, perfect. So we've got Daryl, Louise and Robert. Um, Louise, let's start with you, if you could unmute. What, what difference did it make being listened to in this way? Um, I think the main thing it helped with the frustration that I'm feeling that, that there was an understanding from someone else outside of the outside of the corporation or outside of the realm <laughs> that, yes. that, 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 that was listening and taking 
taking yes. notice of what I was saying and and yeah um, and yeah just taking that that frustration. Yeah, thank you, Daryl. Thank nice to meet you. Um, thanks, Louise. Yes, um, that being having someone who hears you and empathising with your point of view and where you're at is the start of a really good relationship. So being respectful of people's take on things is really, really important. And that's what we do with deep listening. Um, Plus we're being non-judgmental as well, you know, of their take on things. So thank you, Louise. Um, Robert, you were the interviewee. What impact did it have on you? Could you just unmute? Yep. Um, didn't really have a big impact on me. Um, you didn't notice how present oh, look, he was, was? He was there. He was being patient. He was listening to me. Hmm. But I'm used to that. Um, right. So... Purpose for me is to get my point across to people who don't listen to me mm. and don't want to listen to me. Mm. So it's easy when you've got somebody and we're doing an exercise who are doing practicing what we're doing. Yeah. It's a little bit harder when you are dealing with people who it's fringe interest, fringe yeah. interest in what you're saying, but really. Uh, They've become practiced in it. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I just keep on chipping away and try not to get emotional in anything that I do. Right. So I have a role to do. I need to get this done and I'll chip away until I get it done. And then if I can't, there's a time when you have to step back and go, well, it's not succeeding. Either I drop it or I hand it up to someone higher and go, that's your ball now, it's not mine. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so what difference would it make if you were listened to in this way? I'm lucky I have a manager that does listen to me in that way. And what does he do? She. She, sorry. Makes a bad assumption. Um, She listens to what I'm saying because she wants the same thing. Mm. She wants that compliance. She wants that buy-in. She wants the guys to do what they need to do in the safety space. They have certain KPIs that they have to meet. There are certain things that they have to do. Mm. She just wants them to get on board. But this is a new role where I'm at. They got a package. They had a consultant in prior to this. Mm. But now they have to implement it. And mm. it's baby steps because a lot of people don't like change. Mm. So that's the so Robert, I'm, I'm wanting to bring the expertise of the other people in the room here. Um, what would be one suggestion others would make? Because I'm sure many of you have probably been in a similar situation in your careers. What would one suggestion, just put it in the chat, what's one small suggestion you'd recommend to Robert that might help him in terms of how where he is at the moment, feeling like he's a bit stuck to influence? What's worked from your perspective? One, one thing, one suggestion you'd put in that might be helpful for Robert because we don't want to leave him in this stuck place. Have a look in the chat, Robert. Any others coming, putting it in? I think they're still typing, Robert. Must be a big answer. Lee said, explain the advantages of the project. You don't need to decide whether that's good or bad. Just take the offering and you can do with it what you like. 
Um, any other comments being put in the chat? Culture change is huge, yeah. Let me see, Louise's. It's huge and you need buy-in from the top and their support. Mm. And it's wonderful that you've got a supportive manager that um, mm. really is going to be the, the, the key here. Um, I think she's the driving force of the entire team. So her enthusiasm yeah. gets it through. Um, yeah. It's just been selective in what we push through. I have my list. She has her list. They have their lists. It's yeah. just trying to prioritize from my point of view what's more important because mine will always be more important than theirs but theirs will always be important than mine yeah. so it's trying to find that balance slotting it in yeah um uh, uh, Stephen said i have been where you are quantifying the gaps between compliance and present between good and current helps Help so that people could see deficit gain. And Louisa said brainstorming sessions. So I want to leave your particular challenge um, at the moment. Robert, um, I'm happy to stay on a little bit longer if you would like any support in terms of coaching support. Um, so here's some things I want to finish off with before we finish our conversation today. Um, We've spoken about the impact. My offer for you is practice deep listening with everyone, yeah, even family members. This is where you can do a lot of practicing. Um, and notice the simple change that happens. The, notice the useful change that happens when you listen a little bit differently. An experiment, yeah. experiment with how do you withhold judgment? How do you give them space to actually get their point of view across? Solution focus is I have this lovely thing. Apparently our hamstrings um, uh, don't have much muscle memory and we need to do this, touch our toes every day. And if you did that every day, you would notice the change. So I want you to notice what impact does it have on your interactions when you listen either actively or more deeply and um, see if you can do more of it. Each time you notice it, it's actually working. See if you can do more of it. And I think the listening assumptions, what, what is behind when we're listening to others can also be a big impact. So these assumptions are the person you're interacting with is resourceful. They have strengths. They are a capable adult outside of work. How do you utilize those strengths that they have and tap into these? So the assumption is that they are resourceful. There are times that they get it right. So don't assume when you're correcting people or, you know, in terms of your policies and procedures, don't assume just when you have an incident that always happens. There's times when it happens less or there's times when they get it right. How do you tune into that and help people get it when they get it right? The listening assumption three is people are doing the best they can. Compliment them when they're getting right. Yeah. Give them a, you know, notice the useful change you're noticing that they're doing in complying or taking responsibility for safety in some way. And help them be the expert in their world because you don't want to be in the policing role you want to be in the empowering role. So allowing them to take responsibility and not be, you being the expert coming in and telling, but more asking when they get it right, how do they do that? So we come in with what we call the beginner's mind. We try not to make assumptions around what they're doing but we want to be curious and interested in what they're doing that seems to be working. So that actually changes the interaction. 
because what we're aiming to do is allow the workers to be this balloon and you're this balloon here wanting to inflate them to be able to have them take responsibility. And, you know, some people light up the room when they walk in and some people light up the room when they walk out. You want to be the person that lights up the room when you walk in. And my guesstimate is it happens through how you interact and big ticket item is how you listen. Um, so I would be highly recommending how you can actually try out a bit of more active, more deep listening. So thank you for your time for today, um, ladies and gentlemen. Um, if you would like to, um, I have a monthly newsletter that goes out that you can sign up to. I give tips on coaching, mentoring and all aspects of listening. Um, I also work with leaders one-to-one, -one, helping them be more effective. I also run um, leaders coach programs that some people on the call have been to, which is helps you to be more coach-like in your conversation. I also run mentoring programs and helping mentors to be coach-like, and I also work with teams. So if you would like to uh, remember this forever, recognize others greatness um, you are more likely to be able to influence them if you start from where they're at thank you so much for your time today um, i'm curious what's been one key thing that you're you might do with how you listen to your colleagues fellow workers or even your family what's one thing louise says practice 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 just put it in the chat what's one thing that you might do to be a better listener just put it in the chat be mindful yes robert yes um it's a really important thing and Stephen, yeah, learning the comfort in silence yes it, it it's a bit of a learnt skill because what happens is when you're in the silence that um, you're allowing them to think about it. And even though it feels like silence to you, it's actually not for them because they're in their head thinking about what could be a way forward. Yep, it is hard, Robert. So thank you so much, everyone. Uh, Fiona says practice not jumping in when my way is the better solution. Yep. So thanks, everyone. Really enjoyed uh, the session with you today. And um, hopefully we'll meet again in some other session. So thanks so much, everyone. I will see you later. Thank you, everyone. Thank yeah. you, Annette. You're very Bye -bye. welcome. Have a good day, everybody. Bye. You too. Thanks, Lee. Thanks, Annette. Bye.